Welcome to High Jinx, where we overpromise and underdeliver, where we build nothing out of something, where we make the necessary unnecessary. I am Joe, one of two people involved in this particular show. I'm joined today by Noah. Noah, favorite time of day for an NFL game? I can tell you my least favorite time. That's those stupid London games. Nothing pisses me off more. That's than my favorite time. Really? I love those games. You wake up, it's on. It's amazing. What are you, what are you talking about? Well, here's how it goes for me. I wake up, I look at my lineup, and I go, what? There's a game at halftime. Shit, I didn't know he was healthy, right? So maybe if I planned for them, uh, that would help. They are uh, on the schedule in advance. Yeah, who looks at that? So I would say I got to go noon. Maybe it's the okay. You like you know, the early odds on favorite, but it's got that March Madness feel where it's just chaos in the best way possible. There's too much going on, but you know, you just—it's it, a high you, you you can't shake until you have to come down later. Noon games are great. Uh, the early games, one p.m. on the East Coast, you, you get you know you get some breakfast, you make some pancakes, you go, you just watch football, get ready. You get a few hours to get ready. I actually like the London games because you wake up and it's on, really cool vibe, good appetizer. But if it's a big game, give me Sunday night. You know, yeah. I just like let me torture myself all day. Uh, thinking about what might happen and, and going through the options. And if it's a big game, I, I want Sunday night. Yeah. It seems like they have the best camera crews. They've got the uh, cool angles. They've always got some graphic stuff. It just is the most hype for Sunday night. So uh, I'll go Sunday night. It gives me a, a chance to warm up throughout the day. Well, just admit it. You really just like that song. <laughs> uh, the song's all right. No song will ever top the Hank Williams Jr. Monday Night Football song. That's what I grew up on was the Hank Williams Jr. Monday Night Football song. So everything since then is just, you know, will the real Slim Shady please stand up? You know, it's a facsimile of that song. Everyone's trying to do something kind of like that. So uh, that's why I'm not super crazed on it. R.I.P. Hank Jr. Pretty sure he's deceased. R.I.P. I made a purchase recently actually two. And it's a purchase I've never made before. One that I was on the fence about. I've come around and I'm pretty excited about it. How do you feel about team underwear? Team G streams. No. So uh, flags, putting them on your balcony or I don't know, maybe some people have flag poles, but for me, it's just on the, the railing of a balcony really representing in the neighborhood that way. And what really had me pull the trigger is we've got a couple of other, uh, I guess you'd call them fans in the neighborhood representing their teams. Oddly enough, it's all AFC teams being represented around this hood, but I'm curious. I know you're a lifetime Eagles fan. Do you have a flag waving at the McGlynn residence? I like the spirit of it. I'm cool with it. What I would do is get a bigger, better flag, maybe two flags, maybe three flags, if I was in a neighborhood where flags were common. I yeah. uh, more prefer the decorating of the car. So mm-hmm. I like those cars in Philadelphia. you got a lot of cars that are green. Green's a very popular car color. So you got a lot of green minivans, for instance. And on those minivans on the back, just be Eagles gear, uh, Eagles stickers. I, I really like that. I think trick out your, your stuff with your favorite team. Uh, I don't have a flag outside my place, but I do have a doormat. Uh, right when you walk in, go birds. But if you have other neighbors that do it, I don't have it, but I'm open to it. 
Well, I have noticed that your car does not have any of the traits you've described. So if you can work on that part of it, that would be great. So what's on your mind? All right. So that brings us to our next segment. What is on? Where is our mind? What are you talking about? What's on our mind? It's where is my mind? My mind is on this guy who took a $25 promo bet and turned it into a 16-team money line parlay. Uh, so we got a free $25 bet. And he was like, you know what? You know, yeah, I could just bet like one team to win. Or I could bet the uh, Eagles plus three. I guess 49ers. No, let's do, let's just let it ride. 16 team parlay guy took 10 favorites, six underdogs in his money line parlay. And he gets 15 of the first 16, correct going into Monday night football. So I want to set it up there, but the first bet was Washington money line over the New York giants on Thursday night football. A game that turned out to be pretty good. 30, 29 Washington, but the giants had it. They, they had it. They could have won the field goal missed. Washington takes down his field. So this guy ends up hitting 15 teams in a row, but he almost lost the very first one. So imagine the emotions. You're like, oh, I got this 16-team parlay. You rip it up after night one on Thursday. And then on Sunday, you watch 14 teams in a row just crossing off the list. He had the Ravens over the Chiefs. They barely won. They pulled it out. So this is insane, once-in-a-lifetime, crazy parlay. He's going into Monday night. He has the chance to turn this $25 into $736,000, $736,000 off a $25 free bet. What would you do in this situation? First of all, like what, what is your mindset? Your 15 wins into a 16 team parlay. For me, uh, I absolutely would have done what the guy did. Take the 133,000 Packers were heavy favorites, you know, at that point, at some point you got to know when to walk away from the table, you know, leaving 600 K on the table. It sucks. But at the end of the day, $133,000 will, will buy you a lot of stuff. And uh, you know, you can, you could console your, your tears with a couple of new cars. I would definitely go that direction. I think it's cool that they offered that option. It makes sense for them too, as a hedge, you know, the casino. Uh, let's set up what you're that. talking about. MGM came to the guy on Monday afternoon and said, Hey, tell you what, this was such a good run. We'll just let you finish the bet here. We'll just call it off after 15. You'll net 133 pre-tax. What do you say? They didn't have to do that, uh, but they, they went and did that, obviously, to get some good publicity. And how many 16-team parlays are going to be in the works now? But that, that's the setup, in case yeah. anyone didn't know, that MGM came to the guy and said, how about we just call this bet off? We'll give you 133K right now. Yeah, good for that guy. I hope he got, him a, got himself a nice Corvette. If I had picked, I hope so too. That'd be great. I, I'd go Tesla myself, but I, I understand the Corvette uh, idea. And, you know, just the concept of 133,000 versus 736. If I had Green Bay in that game, I might've just let it ride. You know, if I picked the favorite in that last one. Yeah, much different scenario. But you're looking at Detroit. Green Bay came off that 0-1. You, you knew they were going to come out pretty sharp. Oh, yeah. So. All right, this brings us to our next segment, the unnecessary bet of the week. Bets are so unnecessary. Everybody go and grab your debit cards. I'm going to give you some over-under win totals. Everyone bets the over-unders before the season starts, but you can actually bet them sometimes during the season. The books will offer them. So I want to tell you, who do you like here? I'll give you a few teams. You tell me what you like. You got Cardinals, currently 2-0, over-under 10.5. Tough division, as we've talked about. Over-under 10.5. You got the Falcons. Looking awful. 
awful, awful, looking terrible. Over under five and a half wins. Ravens, 10 and a half. Bills, 11 and a half. Any of those? You like any of those? You don't like any of those? Well, it's very interesting. These are the ones you chose because I actually took some of these bets before the season started. So I'll give you my, like some of these exact uh, ones you've highlighted. So I'll give you my, my perspective. I got, I, I'm pretty in on the Cardinals this year. I've mentioned that on, on prior episodes. I really uh, think people were snoozing on the Cardinals. They made some huge moves in the offseason. Kyler's taking a step up. They look legit. I got in at over nine and a half on Cardinals. So loving that right now. The over 10 and a half, I'd probably still take it. Uh, I do think they you know, could be a, a 12 win kind of team. The Falcons, I also agree, look horrible. I actually did a prop on them. I took 30 to one that they would have the worst regular season record. So pretty good. Yeah. Looking, looking pretty good right now. Um, and then the bills love the bills. They do look a little underwhelming thus far, but I think they'll get things straightened out. 11 and a half. I'd probably still take it. I think I got in on them at over 12, 11 and a half. I'd probably still take it. I'm going under on the bills. I like the bills, but it just it doesn't seem like they're going to be firing on all cylinders. Not saying they won't be great in the playoffs, just maybe 11 and six, you know, Something's not clicking, that's for sure. Something's not clicking. Of course, we haven't had a huge Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs game yet. That'll, right. that'll come. So it could happen any moment. But, you know, to go 12 and 5, you got to really be clicking. And they're going to play the Patriots a couple times. You know, it's, you know I, I think the under is the little looking better, but they could blow it up. Ravens, that, that win was huge. One and one. They haven't looked amazing, but they did pull it out in Kansas City. So 10 and a half, right. we'll see. I think the Falcons look awful. I got the Jaguars and the Falcons at the bottom Texans right there. I think that's the bottom trio. So I think this is a good time to make some bets on over-unders. Everyone wants to do it before the season. That makes yep. sense. But we have two weeks of data that that's really valuable and we can make some more informed judgments uh, while still not waiting too long to where everyone, Oh, it becomes obvious that the Cardinals are four and zero. it's going to be obvious. It's going to be over 10 and a half. So you kind of got to get in. It's a good time. I think after week two to get in on those. Yeah, especially if you can capitalize on some hysteria, you know, any any coming off of a huge week or that, you know, seemed like an outlier or vice versa. The argument for the Bills could be contrarian to what you said and that, hey, yeah, they look a little sluggish right now. Now's the time to take the over because same team, they're going to get clicking. They're going to reel off, you know, five, six straight wins at some point. You know, that's the other argument. So it's great. To, I agree with you. It's a great time to look at these because you have the overreactions happening early in mm-hmm. the season, both directions. Absolutely. You can capitalize on other people freaking out about right. uh, about those teams. Let me give you one more. It's probably my favorite one. Panthers eight and a half. That's an interesting one. What's I know right now. I am uncertain on the Panthers. I did not think they were going to be very good. I took Darnold to lead the league in interceptions and I am eating my crow on that one at the moment. He's looked very good. I avoided all Panthers in fantasy drafts. So, um, yeah, I I think eight and a half is a very reasonable total at this point. I do think they're one that will have some regression. They're not as good as two and oh might might imply. But, hey, I've been wrong about them all along. Well, they beat noted stalwarts, the New York Jets and the Saints, both at home. 
So 2-0 against the Jets and the Saints, who had that big week one. So you're right. But the defense looks good. The offense could be good enough. And they played the Texans this week. So this would be a huge one, because if they can go on the road to Houston, not a tough matchup, but anytime you're on the road on a short week. So they're going to Houston on Thursday night. That's basically a must win for this. They could start 3-0. Once you start 3-0, I'm feeling really good about 9-7, and 9-8 and eight, uh, at that point. So, okay. So those are some of my submissions for Unnecessary Bet. What do you have for us? Well, I've got a themed parlay. And I love the theme parlay. I know you do. You've inspired me. I know you also love alliteration. So I've, I've brought two of your favorites together into one, and we're going the Tyrod Taylor parlay of the week. We're going to take Tyrod Taylor money lines across all the teams this man has played for. So we've got the Ravens, the Bills, the Browns, the Texans against your mighty Panthers. And the, who the hell else did he play for? There's five chargers chargers. Chargers, Yeah. The old uh, pierced lung uh, scandal. Brutal. So they don't have the lineup. Let me see if it's up now. They didn't have the lineup earlier for Browns. I I didn't realize that Tyra Taylor played for that many teams. He's always been pretty good. He's hurt all the time, but he's always been pretty good. He's a great guy to have as, you know, if you're not too sure about your starter, Um, like all his, his last few roles have made a lot of sense. Like they had him there for uh, Baker's first year in Cleveland. They had him there for Herbert's first year. They've, you know, Houston probably would have taken anybody with a pulse. So, you know, it all makes sense. He's like the 25th best quarterback in the league. He's now better than a backup, but. Right. Exactly. I like him. He's exciting. Uh, he seems like a good dude. I also like uh, the the storyline that no one knew how to say his name right for like his first eight years in the league until hard knocks. Everyone always called him Tyrod Taylor. And then he finally said it's actually Tyrod. <laughs> so I don't know if anybody's asked him why he waited so long to correct people. <laughs> he just went with it for so long. And then now people are like Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor. So how many teams are involved in this part? This is five. Okay, five-team parlay. We don't know the odds yet. We're waiting on the... Uh, the, the four, if, if you want to do the modified version, the four with the Bills, the Texans, the Ravens, and the Chargers, get you about 22 to one. Because, oh, okay. because you got the Texans in there. Texans are almost three to one. Uh, money Davis Mills' sucks. first career start. I mean, uh, that parlay might be uh, sunk before it takes off, but... First start, no tape on him. <laughs> That's right. That's right. He's going to come out with... Uh, some kind of throw that no one's seen before. Yeah. Also, Chargers are plus two fifty. So you know, that's gonna be a tough one to get. See, okay. I I think it's unlikely, but it's unnecessary. Two to one. It, it's unnecessary for sure. Uh, okay. Let me give you. I, I gotta go back to my man, Tom Brady. Alien life form. Tom Brady sleeping in a hyperbaric chamber. Maybe he went to outer space in between the week. Gets recharged with some lunar energy. I don't know how he's doing this. Looks better than ever. We've already talked about the Bucs maybe going 20-0. I actually think they could be in trouble this week at LA Rams. We'll talk about that later. But got to talk about Tom Brady touchdown passes right now. And the record is 55. Will Tom Brady break the record? 56 or more, plus 200, 55 or less, minus 300. He has nine through two games. The running backs are terrible. He looks unstoppable. I think he's kind of on a mission. I've been saying this. I just think he wants to... 
annihilate people this year. It reminds me of 07 with Randy Moss when he threw 50 touchdowns. I think he's going for it. I have a feeling they're at the three-yard line. They're going to pass. It's better for that team anyway to do that. I, I mean, it sounds crazy. Two to one is not great odds, but I'm not betting under. I think it could be 56, 57. Well, so of course, any single season record set this year should have an asterisk with the 17 game season, right? You, you know, should it be at 17, like a mini 17? Is that the asterisk? I, there's got to be, you know, some distinction of pre 2021 and, and, and post 2021 because very, very big difference to have the extra game, right? But that being said, you know, that's probably influencing the odds a bit because two to one seems a little light for setting an all time record. Um, I'd, I'd probably want a little more, a little more meat myself to throw some money at the over, but sure. I mean, nine through two games, uh, he's on pace for like 76. I mean, he's 3.3 a game. That, that's how the math shakes out to get 56. So say three, a game, he's already ahead of the, the average, right? So three a game, the rest of the way, not, not missing any games. That's no what he needs. He needs three a game the rest of the way. Yeah. So I'd probably take the under or yeah, take the under because everything has to go absolutely right to go over any, there's so many things that could go wrong. Um, you know, a couple of his receivers get hurt. He gets hurt, you know, whatever, whatever. Right. So I would probably take the under, but that being said at, what is it? Minus 300. Is that what you said? Right. Yeah. I don't really like that either. I personally, I'd stay away from it. I'm with you that season long bets really you should just go the under like 85% of the time because injuries can happen. The books can't really account for injuries and the uncertainties, people missing games, things like that. So those can just tank an over under bet right away. So in general, I do think for season long props, 85% probably should be under, but you know, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm just feeling it. I, I think I said 5,550. So I don't think 56 is out of the, out of the range possibilities. All right. You got another um, one for us. I have a theme parlay as well, but uh, you have another one for us. Well, I do want to add that something's going on with Brady in that commercial where he's smelling that loaf of bread. So, you know, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. They had a moment. He had a little moment there. Um, yeah. I, I, the other lines I like for the week, I give us your best bets. Little segment we call Noah's best bets of the week. Uh, Steelers minus three at home. I think they get their shit together this week. Packers. Three and a half on the road. I think the Packers are going to start rolling right now, and I'll, I'll take the points. They, I'm pulling up the the games now. Do you know who the Packers are playing? San Francisco at San Francisco. At San Francisco, night, yeah. Sunday people are Friday. hyping up. People are hyping up San Francisco. They're a good team, but I'll I'll take Packers with the points. Uh, also, like Cowboys with points. I know you're not going to like that, they, Joe. But they're not getting points. They're. I'm losing. sorry. I like I like Cowboys to. To beat the spread. This is one of your best bets. Cowboys minus four at home versus the Eagles. I am sad to say the Cowboys actually look pretty good. Um, I, I don't like that. Uh, you know, that that's the case, but they do. I mean, Eagles look good too, but home. Yeah. I, I can see them winning by a touchdown. All right. So you have the Sunday night football game and then my night football game. You know, I like that. You got to get prime time with these bets. Green Bay at San Francisco. I like getting the points there. Was it three and a half? Three and a half. 
you know, we talked last week, big game for Rodgers. I actually didn't think Green Bay looked that incredible in that game. They were down 17-14 at halftime, so they didn't just come out and crush. Maybe the lines are a little better than we're giving them credit for. But the Packers, they pulled out, and this is this seems classic. Rodgers and the Packers get some momentum going. Another primetime game. San Francisco, Garoppolo looked straight awful for most of the week last week. Uh, Philly defense is good, but not, not amazing. So I, I, I kind of I like that one probably the best. I don't trust the Steelers right now. I think Roethlisberger looks terrible, and I, I don't trust that offense at all. They, they look really bad to me. Yeah, it's Bengals on that one. That's counterpoint. Counterpoint. <laughs> Steelers at home minus three against the Bengals. Any other year, you'd be like, "What?" That should be like minus eleven. So, uh, yeah, we shall see. I'll, I'll go ahead and put about ten G's on that. And see how that goes. Yeah, on the parlay, or uh, you gonna parlay them just one at a time? Oh, uh, round robin, you know, when, okay. When you got bottomless pockets, you just, you know, kind of 10 G's on each, blindly throw darts. All right, our last submission for unnecessary bet of the week my theme parlay, the 55 and under club, 55 and under club theme parlay of the week. We got three games that are projected to go for 55 points this week Seahawks at Vikings, Chargers at Chiefs. Tampa Bay at LA Rams. I want to go under on all three of these games. I want the 55 and under club. Where does it lose? There's one of these that I'm more hesitant about than the others. Uh, Tampa Bay, LA feels like an over. I mean, 55 is a lot, obviously, but that one definitely feels like a shootout kind of game. Yeah, you're looking at 31, 24, 28, 27. Uh, On that one, I'm not that worried about that one. Yes, the offenses are good, but the defenses on both those teams are good too. Sunday night, I, I could see it being, you know, 27-21. Who do you think is the – I'm most worried about the Chargers and Chiefs because, yeah, I don't know, Chiefs off a loss. Chargers, though, they held Dallas last week. They didn't put up too many points. So I, I like the under, but I'm always just worried about betting the under with Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. A I, lot of good quarterbacks involved in this under club, which is concerning. Should it be 55 like and over Chargers... club? You just want to go over? 55 and over only? Hey, take them both ways. Hedge it. Can't lose. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the Chargers are overrated. I don't really have a good reason why. I just – I don't know. I mean, I, I think Herbert's great. Um, I Just something doesn't feel like they are as strong as, as maybe people are – giving them credit for. So is it the last 10 years of performance? <laughs> that might have something to do with it. Uh, same head coach as last year, right? No, no, no. They got Brandon Staley now. So he was oh, yeah, Rams yeah. DC. So that, that's the, uh, that's why people are. Yeah. That's why yeah. people are humming. Okay. And if yeah, he can get that defense humming, he gets the defense humming a little bit. Yeah. The and they've got good. Bosa. He's, he's a beast. Improved uh, O-line. Yeah. That that's, those are the storylines. Yeah. That said, I, I think the Chiefs kick their ass. I mean, if they don't, if if Chargers keep this close, which would mean, yeah, probably over, right? Because it's not going to be a close, low-scoring game. Then, yeah, they're they're legit, right? Even if they lose again and they come even close to covering, it's six and a half on that game. So, yeah, I could see that one going over for sure. So they could all go over. Seahawks and Vikings. Vikings look terrible. I mean, defense looks bad. Seahawks defense looks pretty bad too. So it, it could just be a shootout like Arizona and Vikings was last week. But I don't know. I, I could just see them all going under. You could talk me into all three going over, but I like this 55 and over and under club here. Uh, just decide which side of the age paradigm you want to be on. 
Yeah. Uh, well, that, by the way, is six to one plus six twelve. So if you can hit all three either direction, you're looking at six to one. In general, I never feel like I have a good perspective on over-unders. I, they're a lot harder for me to – now, sometimes one will jump out, you know, from the group, and I'll be like, oh, that, you know, that, that one, you know, I have a strong feeling about. But generally speaking, because if you look at the entire league, I mean, on any given week, they're about 12 points, you know, difference. The lowest one I see is 41 and a half. So two touchdowns between the whole league. I just think they're hard to hard to call personally, but um, they're a lot of know, fun though. They are fun. Uh, life's too short to take the under, you know. I've, I've been told so. All right, let's go fifty-five and over club then. Root for all the points. I think the under is the better bet though. All right, you really hedged that statement. So we're going both sides of that one. Right? <laughs> That's the idea. Well, I'll just I'll surprise you. All right, let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsor. We want to thank Max's Meats for sponsoring today's podcast. Max's Meats, the most trustworthy name in anonymous meats. Noah, you like meat sticks, right? Meat snacks. You got to. Everybody likes these meat snacks. You know, meat is tasty. It's a crowded, it's a crowded market. So what does Max do to differentiate himself? He gets the best meat, the highest quality meats anyone can find. And how do you know that that's the case? Because he won't tell you where he gets the meats from. That's how you know they're good because he does not reveal the source of the meat. A lot of these companies, they're trying to be transparent. They're trying to tell you where the meats come from, the farms that they got it from. They're trying to let you know. Well, if they cared about making the best possible meat snacks, wouldn't they want to hide that competitive advantage if they have such a good source? Max realizes his whole goal is to make the best possible meat snacks in the entire world. So what he does, Max's meats, he does not tell us where he gets the meats from. It's very exclusive very secretive. That's how you know it's good because all he cares about is making the best meats. Max, he won't even reveal his true identity. So no one even knows who Max is. That's how you know you can trust him because he's anonymous and he won't tell you anything about it. So you know it's trustworthy because he's doing all that to give us the best possible product. So if he if he gave away all his secrets, it's like giving the recipe away. So you know Max's meats are going to be the best and finest in meat snacks. Check them out. The most trusted name in meat snacks max's meats he's chopping he's grinding he's slicing and he's smiling max's meats come get you some <laughs> little <laughs> listener bonus as well max has included for the hijinks listeners mention hijinks when you go down to see max and you get a free meat wad with the purchase of any shake all right all right thank you max's meats thanks max today's show all right, no, our last segment of the day, crystal ball. You know me, I'm loving these baseball playoff implications as we get down to the wire, and it's really kind of down to two divisions, which in some ways a bore. And in other ways, it's exciting to watch the, the Padres continue to disappoint, continue to underwhelm, continue to remind San Diego fans why they are the Padres. It's disappointing. I really had high hopes for them, but they've lost four in a row, two and eight in their last 10. Meanwhile, Dodgers nine and one giants, seven and three 
Padres still have a shot at the wild card. Yeah, well, how how far out are they? They are five out of the wild card, and we're looking at about 10, 12 games left. So uh, they're they're really pushing it. Um, Cardinals leader for that second wild card. Ten straight wins. Yeah, I mean that they might need it. You got Cardinals, you got Reds, you got Phillies, uh, Padres right there. So. Oh, if they don't even make the playoffs with the money they spent in the offseason, somebody's, somebody's head rolling. On the other side of the field, we've got the Red Sox. They look like they're in good shape for a wild card, as well as either the Blue Jays or Yankees, or it could be Blue Jays, Yankees, and knock the Red Sox out. I mean, they're basically tied. Uh, it's just crazy. The the Rays are in and, you know, the, the rest of the division is at the top of the wild card. Um, if, if you're a fan of one of those teams, you know, you're probably loving it. If you're a fan of anyone else in the American league, you're, you're probably quite annoyed with the AL East. Um, and speaking of the AL East, the Orioles are an interesting squad. I am more familiar with some of the Orioles players, probably cool than cool hats. Than Orioles. Great hats. Have one myself. Uh, you know, great history. Cool stadium. Cal Ripken Jr., Brooks Robinson, um, other guys. The the thing about them right now, though, is they're terrible. And I had a few guys on my fantasy team, and the guys I had on my team, especially Cedric Mullins, shout out to my boy, were quite good for much of the year. So it had me really wondering how are my Orioles scoring a lot of runs, but the team is getting destroyed. So I went and looked. Their runs scored, it's not great, but it's not bad. They, they've scored more runs than I think four other teams in the league. So, you know, considering they have the worst record, that's not the problem. On the other side, runs against, oh, Nelly. They have given up 897 runs to their 622 scored for a differential of 275 runs. Worst in the league. Worst in the league. Not even close. The Who Diamondbacks do they have pitching out there? Are next. They have a... Uh... Exactly. Can you name two pitchers? I think my PE teacher from middle school uh, was closing games for them last week. Yeah. I mean, Kenny Powers, they, they took a look at him midway through the year. Um, it's, it's a disaster. So uh, somebody out there, if, if you've got an arm, please save the Orioles. We need them. Baseball needs them. And Cedric Mullins needs them. That it would be guy. more fun if the Orioles were good. It would be more fun. Orioles <laughs> were good. But I, I like what you're talking about. We got the it's really the Blue Jays and the Yankees is going to be fascinating. And then can the Cardinals hang on? But White Sox are in for sure. Astros are in for sure. Rays are in. Giants are in. Dodgers are in. Brewers are in. Braves are pretty much in. So it's basically said this wild card, it, it, it's a great idea that they added a second wild card. I last year they had 16 teams in. That's probably a little too much. Waters it down. Made sense for the shortened season, but I wouldn't mind seeing one more team get in maybe on each side, but that just adding the second wild card was a really good idea. All right. I'm looking forward to, uh, first of all, I got, I got three things I'm looking forward to bucks at Rams, bucks at Rams, Brady Stafford, early MVP watch, whoever wins this game. It's at LA. LA is one and a half point underdogs at home. This, this should be a really compelling game. It's the 325 start in the central time zone. Should be a good set of games there. Uh, I just want to see. I want to see what happens with Stafford. Can they keep it up? Got two good defenses, two good quarterbacks. I think that's going to be a really fascinating game. I'm looking forward to seeing the Jaguars getting their hearts ripped out by Arizona. 
Uh, I don't think Arizona's going to cover seven and a half point favorites on the road. Classic trap game for Arizona. They had that emotional win over the Vikings last week. Now they travel east to Jacksonville. Jacksonville's been terrible. Very difficult to focus when you're in a situation like that, even if the coach is doing a good job. Very difficult to, to kind of keep your wits about you. Seven and a half is a lot. Don't like that. So I think the Jaguars will cover, but uh, Arizona will kick 50-yard field goal, no time left to win the game and rip, rip their hearts out and continue Jacksonville's possibility of going 0-17 while Urban Meyer leaves town after the bye week in week seven. And then Eagles-Cowboys, Monday Night Football. I, this is gonna be. This is a great showcase. Eagles, my, this this division stinks. Wide open. <laughs> They're terrible, but but it's wide open, and this game will probably uh, probably be. Both teams are one on one. You know, kind of like I don't think Washington looks very good. I don't think the Giants look very good. So I think it's going to be either the Eagles or the Cowboys. I don't think either of those teams are particularly great or anything. But the winner here, I think, takes kind of a commanding inside track on the division, even though it's early. It's a huge game just based on where it is in the schedule and Monday night. Everybody's going to be watching. So huge game. I want to see what happens. Eagles are four point underdogs. Cowboys four point favorites at home. Seems fair. Cowboys should be favored, but I don't know. Whoever wins this has the inside track of the division. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, and I, I'm also with you that the, the division's wide open. I actually took the Eagles five to one win the division back in august so and and for the reason you said you know the division stinks the lines are are heavily tilted towards cowboy nation so um, that's true that's true so i took that one yeah um yeah that'll be a great monday night game i would say rams bucks is game of the week uh it's gonna gotta get much more exciting than that uh, speaking of trap games it's a a that's more of a of super bowl game. preview that's more of a super bowl preview <laughs> eagles Eagles Cowboys is more of a NFC East championship preview. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it's more of a which team is less bad kind of thing. The the Cowboys do surprisingly look pretty solid, and, and so do the Eagles so far. So we'll see. Maybe they're not as bad as we think. Uh, there's a few trap games, though. W- once you said that, I, I was noticing Panthers could be in a trap game at the Texans. Short week. As you said, Cardinals at Jaguars and Ravens at Lions. I mean, Ravens coming off that emotional win. Lions are feisty. I mean, they're still the Lions. I'm not, I don't want to get any emails or calls. I'm not saying the Lions are good. I'm just saying they're feisty. Dan Campbell has them biting kneecaps and God knows what else under the pile. So, you know, seven and a half, that might be a, a tasty one to think the Lions keep it close. Lions are at home. At I'll home, say this. I don't half. think the Lions are good, but they seem to play hard. They play hard. Yeah, they're competitive. So it's just sort of a battle of momentum. If you believe in momentum, Ravens have all the momentum after being the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football, whereas the Lions were up at halftime and then lost. So they've got negative momentum. Ravens have positive momentum. So it is pretty key. But seven and a half. I do think the Ravens clearly favorites to win. But yeah, could it be six points, four points? Yeah, I think so. So I'm going to bet the house on the Lions. Bet the house. Call Helen. Tell her I need to sell this house immediately. Buy one of her houses later and win money. If you don't like houses, you don't like Helen. And that's our show. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for listening. Noah, have a great day. And in the meantime, stay jinxed. Stay tuned next week when we talk about my last trip to Red Lobster. <laughs>